know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We want to go to the hotline and bring in the outstanding Guardians team reporter, on-field reporter, and uh, you'll get to see him tonight as there's a special uh, Guards Fest show airing on Bally hey, Sports. What? Is this the guy that stole Tito's scooter? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> Akron hits again. I got a good story on that. And by the way, the Charlotte Hornets have the ball kid. They got Scary oh. Terry from Shaker. Come on. All right. Okay. Uh, Scary Terry, that's right. We forgot about Scary Terry. Uh, I loved him when he played for the Celtics, and uh, he couldn't make a shot in Game 7 against the Cavaliers. That helped us out, Trey, back in the day. That's what I loved that. So we're ready for baseball, man. And tonight uh, on uh, Bally Sports, right, we've got a couple of shows uh, that are going to be airing. You're involved with one of them at 730 tonight. Tell our listeners what's happening tonight if they want to get their fix of Guardians baseball. Yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up, and I appreciate you bringing it up, Ken. Um, one of the things we had is obviously Guards Fest was a couple weekends ago, and if you weren't able to go out there and be a part of the festivities or get down to downtown Cleveland, we got an hour special uh, where I sit down with dang near everybody in the team. I'm pretty sure we'll see something with uh, with Mr. Dolan. We'll see something with Tito, Chris Antonetti. Uh, try, we'll see uh, Josh Bell, who's the newest Guardian, uh, Tristan McKenzie. And it's just some cool stuff because, you know, over that weekend, obviously last season was such a blur and, and such a year that we couldn't, you know, no one thought last year was going to happen. You know, I was talking to Stephen Kwan, and, and the funniest thing to me was, you know, back in the end of March of 2022, in the beginning of April, I think the thing we all fell in love with Stephen Kwan was, was how honest and open he was. You know, in, in the beginning of the year, he was sitting there telling me, I can't even believe I'm in Kansas City. I didn't think I was going to make the team. <laughs> and then at the end of the year, you know, he gets a gold glove and, and now he's a household name, and you know, and he showed up, and he had his Letterman's jacket from Oregon State on. So, and you know, you got a guy like Tristan that probably I don't want to put a value amount on what he was wearing, but you know, he was he had his swag going, and other guys had theirs going. And you look at Quad, and he's had one of the best years of any baseball player in the in the, in the world, uh, and he's still in his you know his Letterman's coat like he's on, like on Happy Days or something. So <laughs> it tells you a lot about who he is, what he's about, and, and you know, and. It's cool. The other thing that we'll have on tonight, you'll see bits and pieces on, is the Guardians report that runs uh, every Tuesday on Bally's with Al and, and Jensen. They, uh, they had me on to talk a little bit about a trip that I made to the Dominican in the beginning of this month. We're putting together a, our, um, I don't know, it's a documentary on One of the main things we went for was, you know, to get Jose Ramirez and talk to him in a way that no one else has done. So I was able to go to Jose's house and hang out with him, touch on some of the things that we were able to do in the Dominican. We also went to the Dominican Touched on some of the things that we were able to do in the Dominican. We also went to the Dominican. Touched on some of the things that we were able to do in the Dominican. We also went to the Dominican Academy that the Guardians have, and we were able to see, see International Signing Day. Uh, we had a couple of play ball events that we were able to do in the Dominican. And, and to be completely honest with both of you guys, and, and Kenny, you and I go way back, uh, what I was able to do in the Dominican to me is probably one of the top things I've done in my career. Uh, I hope and pray that it can happen more often. Uh, I just think that we were able to kind of touch on some things that we've never seen in, in America. Uh, and it's simple. We went to them. And, you know, Jose even said to me, he was just like, no one's ever come here. You know, you know, he goes, you guys asked me for a lot in America, but 
to see us show up there, I think it showed him that I was, I've been honest and serious with him the whole time, but I want to tell his story. Uh, the best way I can, and I'm glad we pushed and finally, and it finally happened. Dre, obviously I follow you on social media, and I saw some of the fantastic pictures you were sending back, whether it was on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. And the trip, and I'm glad you brought this up, because I want to ask you about when you're hanging out with these players in the Dominican, as opposed to hanging out with these players. If, if you're walking down the street in Cleveland, chances are you're not going to get mobbed because Jose Ramirez just doesn't really demand that much respect and it's and it's unfortunate but i mean when you when you're in their homeland how are they perceived that's you know that's twofold that's a great question because um you know the thing i want to show with jose and i hope it comes across and i know it will um jose is is like us uh in many ways because the only thing that's really important to him is his family and you know i brought up the conversation with him about taking less money in 16. And I, and I remember talking to him at 16 and him saying, you know, guys are kind of making fun of me. My agent's mad at me, but, you know, I want to get this $20 million or whatever, and I want to send it home to my family and make sure they never got to worry again. Um, and he kind of had the same sentiment a year ago when he signed. I mean, him, he, and, his, he and, and Jose's agent and I, we got in a fight for about an hour on a phone call in Arizona last year because I had talked to Jose, and I, I, had, a, I had a pretty good feeling Jose was going to resign with the Guardians. And his agent called me. And, I mean, he read me the riot act. He was like, why would you, you know, and I'm like, dude, I know your player like you know your player. And I was like, and I want Jose to get the best that he can get. I go, but I've talked to Jose for a very long time, and I know that Jose, he's not trying to get the last dollar. He wants to take care of his family. Um, and we had conversations about why that is important to him and why getting the last dollar wasn't the most important to him. And, and when you see him in his own home and you see how relaxed he is and how he's not trying to, you know, protect or project being, you know, cooler than anyone else. You can see why he is who he is, and I think people are going to see that and love it. Um, I was able to go to the field that he played on growing up as a kid, and I got to be honest with you guys. I sent it back to Matt Underwood, and I sent it to Tito, and I was like, I got tears in my eyes. You know, there was, there's not running water in the neighborhood. There's, there's glass on the field. There's barely any grass on the field itself. Um, we couldn't even do a play ball event there because there weren't walls or anything to cover it up to keep people away. And the people were so just genuine and just happy. Um, I know we were we had security from MLB with us, and we didn't need it. The people were just so excited that we were coming to to Bonnie, Dominican Republic, and we cared about one of their guys. Um, so in all of that, I don't know if I answered your question still fully, but I think you guys are gonna um, I think you're gonna enjoy it because the thing that has bothered me, and and I want you guys to help me with this, is that I'm not saying. Jose should have won the MVP in any year. He's been pretty damn close. But the one thing I always get back and I hear from other media members and I see all over is like, well, he doesn't speak English, so he can't be the MVP. And I've taken that in a little bit. But then when I see Otani win it, he doesn't speak English. To me, it's like we got to find a better way. So I'm hoping by us going there, people truly hearing his story. Um, I'll give you one story that I have, I've, I've known for a while, but I've kept it back and I talked to him about it. And when this documentary comes out before the season starts, I think people are going to be blown away. Danny Salazar and a couple other guys that years ago, when I in the Dominican growing up, they told me a story about six years ago when I was just like, who is this dude? Like, how is he like this? And Danny Salazar, I'll never forget, told me, he was like, you got a minute? I go, yeah. He goes, you got to understand. He goes, Jose has been taking care of his family since he was 11, 12 years old. He played in baseball games with grown men where there would be a machete under home plate there would be money under home plate because it would basically be the, the drug dealers or the, the negative people of the neighborhood that would put this game together. Uh, and so he's 
taking care of his family, whether it was $200 here or $100 here or $50 here. Um, but he's been doing this for a long time, and he's been doing it solely to take care of his family. His wife is pregnant with their second child, who he believes is going to be a boy, and he's going to name him Jose. Um, he's got a story, and when it's time for him to go into, you know, go into the Hall of Fame, I hope the story that we were able to capture will be a part of telling his story. That's great stuff. Uh, Andre Not team reporter for the Guardians. Uh, check him out on uh, Bally Sports tonight uh, with the, the Guards Fest uh, um, premiere as well as, uh, you know, stories from the Dominican. And, uh, Dre, I'll tell you this. This is why his agent was pissed because his agent didn't get more money. Right. That's why his agent was pissed. That's, he was right. selfish because, number yeah. one, he wanted the percentage mm-hmm. to be higher for himself and his take. And, number two, it makes him look bad to other players that he didn't get Jose more money. But that won't matter because Jose can come in and say, hey, I was the guy who, who you know, decided on this and, and don't don't hold it against the agent. But that's why he was upset. I go back to the Manny Ramirez thing, exactly. um, uh, you know, when, when Manny was going to sign a big mm-hmm. contract and uh, we had Ken Silverstein stalking Manny and his agent <laughs> everywhere airport. he went. Yeah, yeah, at the airport, right. You remember that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why the agents get so upset. And that's why Tommy, if you remember, Dre, why mm-hmm. Tommy, and it still pisses me off to this day, but, uh, you know, he went because he got pressure from the, the Players Association because it was him and Tom Glavin that year that were the two big names, and they had to set the market for a pitcher and a position player. And that's why when he told me he never wanted to leave Cleveland, uh, he kind of was forced out by the agent, the Players Association, and maybe the misses as well. No, it happens. You're dead on with what happens. And for Jose's agent, it's funny because after we had that fight, we've become pretty close. And we just talked two days ago, Sunday night, when we were, we were talking about football. And you know what's happened with him? Players respect him more than he's done that for Jose. And now he's got okay. George Valera who's coming along, and you're going to hear his name a lot over the next couple of years. Uh, he's got, some, he's got uh, Castillo, the pitcher with Seattle, that he signed a big deal with. Uh, yes, the agent part of this is, is – and I don't think most people know the background of this. And every player wasn't happy that Jose did this, but that's the thing. Jose doesn't care. Jose, right. you know, his, with his first contract, he built a house for his mom and dad. They have a house for the rest of their lives is paid off for. The second contract, you know, he's in a house. It's not an over, you know, it's not some big old mansion. He still lives in the Valley neighborhood. But it's funny you ask, JT, about how they react to him. Because mm-hmm. he's got, you know, he's, he's got some cars. Uh, he's probably got about $500,000 worth of cars. And he said, the thing about body that's crazy, he goes, not only do the kids run up to you and want to take pictures of your car, he's like, grown-ass men come up to me and try to take pictures wow. of me with my car. <laughs> Dre, That's for somebody great. like myself, I mean, I have a hard time getting to Canton South, let alone Dominican Republic. <laughs> to try and paint the picture, I guess, in a 15-minute interview probably isn't fair. But from what you saw, is it just totally poverty-stricken? I mean, it seems like, you know, when you're explaining what the baseball field looks like, what about yeah. the rest of the country? No, I'm, I'm glad you asked because, um, I look, I've, my wife and I have traveled a lot uh, in, throughout our, 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 our lives together. It's been one of the blessings of my life. And we've gone to the DR three times before this trip. And we've always gone the resort route, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much stayed on the resorts. And we're like, wow, beautiful beaches. You, we, everybody knows. And in this trip, we didn't go to a resort. We kind of lived like the Dominicans, had to order food. And Google Translate became my best friend for about six days. <laughs> trying to, you know, <laughs> nice. trying to order things. Uh, and I, it, like, it, it's not all terrible per se, quote unquote. Um, there are areas, there are pockets. You'll see, you know, but when you get deep, I mean, they had us at a five-star, you know, hotel. We had, we had security. Um, you know, and the thing is that we were able to see is the different layers of poverty or, or of, of success. And I hate using the word poverty because the one thing that I really took from this 
And, you know, it, it took me back to the things my grandparents had told me and, and my great-grandparents when I had the time. Um, we can look at them and say, man, they're poor. But they don't live a life of okay. thinking they're poor. They know they don't right. have a lot, mm-hmm. but they're happy, and they appreciate each other and their families. Uh, Ahmed Rosario's story is great because his dad was a lawyer and a, and a judge, and his mom was a college-educated. His sisters are all college-educated. Um, and they live, you know, and he's a, he's a diplomat uh, in, in, in the DR. And we were able to go to his house wow. and, and their house wasn't over. Like, here's the things that jumped out to me. Out of everybody's house we went to, no one had TVs in the living room. Families were, were just overly nice. Uh, fed us all. They treated us like, <laughs> they treated us like families. Sure. I get, I get down to sit down and our camera guys set up all the lights and everything in a Med Rosario's house. It's like noon, 1230. We've been with him since 8 AM. And Rosario's father goes to their, their, you know, their, their big old kitchen and goes, into the, and goes into the refrigerator and he brings out like 12 Presidente beers. Nice. <laughs> and they're like, they're frozen. And he looks at me and he goes, good interview, need good beer. And like, nice. <laughs> and I mean, I couldn't say no, but like that right. just tells you just right. how they, like, you know, so I'm sitting there drinking a Presidente with Ahmed Rosario in his parents' living room. Um, and, it, and, it, and I learned a lot about Rosario that I wish I knew more. You know, I think he came here and because of who he got traded for, um, we've always kind of held against him that, not held against him, but you guys know what I mean. Um, yeah. But hell, you know, he was a number one prospect, you know, with the New York Mets. He's one of the top prospects in baseball, not that long before he was traded here. Uh, his dad was a soccer pro and played soccer professionally. And when he came back from America with a soccer ball, he saw a Met in the back playing with it. And he took it and gave it to the neighbor because he told his <laughs> wife. He goes, he goes, make no money on this island kicking that ball. You got to go play back. That's it. Trey, That's you know what I love? Out. I yeah. got to throw this in here, too, because you're talking about Ahmed Rosario. And the one thing I love about it that I have in common with him is, Kenny, Lucy the Wonder Dog. Five-year-old French bulldog that I've got. Ahmed's got two of them, if what you're taking pictures of hold yeah. true. And, I mean, do these dogs come to Cleveland? Because if they do, uh, we have to have a play date. Yeah, um, I will find out. He loves animals. And see, these are things I didn't know. Here's the best. Like, I will find out for you because he probably is going to get one here is what he told me. But one thing, I like, I've known him pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, and I know everybody always has that question of, Andre, how the hell do you talk to him during the game? But then when you do post game, they need an interpreter. Right. And, and I get that a lot. And, and to be honest with you, you guys have been in locker rooms. None of it. Like, we, you find, we find words that work. But Ahmed yeah. has never done an interview in his career in English. I show up at the field in Santo, Santo Domingo, and he sees me. He's got his agent there. He's got his dad there. And we put a mic, put a boom mic over, and I'm standing next to him while he's, you know, playing catch and stretching. And even the people that were from MLB and his agent were in shock. We did a whole interview for about 15 minutes in English. Wow. And, and even the agent kind of goes, how the hell did you do that? How did you get that out of me? And I'm like, well, we talk every game. I go, I get it. When the lights come on, he's, he's not comfortable, and he doesn't want to say something stupid. He doesn't want to look stupid. He comes from a family of, of really intelligent people. He doesn't, feel like he doesn't want to look or sound stupid. Um, we go to Oscar Gonzalez's house, and Oscar has gone through the system with the Cleveland Guardians. He's at the academy. He's taken the classes. And I know this. I know he can speak English pretty well. I talk to him every day, but you never know. And I come to his house, and Oscar's story is going to be great. I can't wait for people to get to see it. We walked his neighborhood, uh, and there's a school less than you know, four blocks one way. There's a baseball field that you can literally see from his parents' front yard. And we walk there, and he points, and he goes, Dre, 
this guy right here is going to get two million from the Yankees. This kid right here is going to get a million wow. from the Mariners. This kid, like literally, he's like, there's like six kids, and he's like, they're all going to get drafted or signed in the next week. And I'm like, holy crap! And we walked this whole neighborhood, and he did it all in English. We did the whole thing in English with Oscar, and, and it was fabulous. And it was just, it, it opened my eyes. And the other thing that because Dominican, the island's so small. Um, we're, we're in front of Oscar's house. Our guys are setting up the cameras and the lights inside his parents' living room. They've got a huge picture of his walk-off hit in the playoffs wow. up on the wall right next to his diploma and his seven siblings' diplomas from high school or college as well. Um, and that was another thing that ended up becoming a big part of this. When you ask about money and, and poor and things like that, education was a big conversation. But as we're in front of Oscar's house and we're kind of talking and, and, we're, and we're trying to figure out how I want to tell a story, I hear a moped coming up the street, and then I hear out of nowhere the deepest voice ever. Hey, Andre! I look around, I'm like, who the hell is saying my name in Dominican? It's Framil Reyes, who <laughs> on a scooter, who's on a scooter with his son in the front, his wife on the back, and he's like, I've been trying to chase you down all day. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, it's, it, it was magical to see how loving they were, how happy they were, um, how much they just appreciated us being there. And, and the one Oscar story that I got to tell you guys, um, and I, and, and this might be hyperbole and may, he may be back in the minors by July. I hope not. Cause I don't think it's going to happen, but I got to talk to some scouts down in the Dominican and just, you know, and get their feeling for why guys are successful. And, uh, Vladimir Guerrero senior lives probably five minutes away from where Oscar grew up. He's, his, he's he lives like on top of a mountain and somehow he paid someone millions probably to put his baseball number and his name on this mountain above his house, which is it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. If I can find a picture, I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> but I'm talking to the scout. I'm like, well, why do you think Oscar's made it? And he goes, well, 2020 really screwed him up. He's always been a little unorthodox. And he goes, but I've been trying to tell scouts, and I've been trying to tell people around here, if somebody just gets out of his way. He's got the same skill set as Vladimir Guerrero. And he goes, and I'm allowed to say that because I saw Vladimir at 14, 15 years old. He said, I'm not saying he's going to become Vladimir Guerrero. He goes, but he has the same work ethic and he has the same God-given ability that he can hit any pitch, whether it's in the strike zone or out of the strike zone. He goes, the kid just needs a chance. And he goes, I think Cleveland's going to give it to him. It was awesome to hear that and, and knowing. And, and I, I didn't tell Oscar that, but I kind of said, you know, do you know Vladimir Guerrero? And he goes, yeah, I grew up with his son. I used to take his butt all the time. <laughs> Wow, that's great stuff. Andre not joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show, uh, Guardians team reporter. And you can also check him out tonight uh, on Bally Sports uh, for the Guards Fest show that uh, premieres tonight at 7.30. And what's the show with um, with Al and Jensen? That comes on at 7 before your show tonight, right, Dre? Yes, that's the Guardians report. It comes on every Tuesday. They do a great job of kind of breaking down what's going on in the offseason. But they also talk to me about the trip to the Dominican. Uh, kind of okay. give you some previews of what you'll see in that show. Uh, and look, this baseball season, I think a lot of people were excited for. And being around the guys, and Tito has been very strong about this. I was able to be with Tito a lot over the last week, week and a half. Um, you guys know what he's like. We can't look back. You know, it was great right. what we had, uh, but that doesn't mean anything in the first inning come March 29th or 30th. Uh, and, you know, his people are going to come at him, and they still got a lot of young guys. I've talked to Chris Antonetti about this a lot. I think this year is going to be a little bit, not bad, but I think it's going to be awkward in, in a good way because now you've set forth to all these other great prospects that you have that you'll get an opportunity here. But where the hell are these opportunities going to come if these kids from last year keep playing? Uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they're going to have to thread the needle uh, when it comes to the George Valerius, when it comes to the Joel um, 
Uh, I can't, oh, I can't think of the kid's name. He calls himself Mr. Beautiful. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but he, and he can hit home runs like it's nobody's business. There are a lot of guys like Gabriel Arias, who I know is taking balls out in left field and playing all over because he knows he's probably not going to be a starter uh, in the infield where he's grown up playing. So I am curious, both of you guys, and I think everybody, I'm curious how, you know, they still are the team they were in 2022, but they also get these, this next, this next group of kids, mm-hmm. what do they do with them? Do they trade them to get a, you know, a, a stud, something else? Do they keep playing them? Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things go forward in the next six months or so. Dre, of these prospects, who do you think might have a chance to, to get some playing time and help this team out? Uh, the pipeline rankings came out. They had seven in the top 100. I'll name them. You tell me which one you think uh, might, or maybe there's multiples. But Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams, George Valera, Bo Naylor, Tanner Beebe, Brian Rochio, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Rocchio. And Chase You're close. Rocchio. Okay. Brian uh, Rocchio and Chase DeLauder. Any of those guys have a chance, or is this uh, roster set? The last name that has a chance. Just go to the bullpen. Even though the bullpen's set, 95, 96, it has a chance. Just go to the bullpen. Even though the bullpen's set, uh, bullpen guys will get a chance. Bo Naylor at some point in time is going to catch a lot. Um, George Valera is the uh, – I mean, dude, he is, he's got stud written all over him. At some point in time, they're going to have to give him an opportunity. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but at some point in time, he's going to, and I, it's probably going to be this year by midseason, he's going to knock the door down, and they're going to have to bring him up here. The guy at bats, he's a power guy. He's an out, corner outfield guy. Um, but in saying all of that, remember the name Gavin Williams. I think he's the next, he is the beginning of the next phase of starting pitchers that they've brought along. Uh, they drafted him pretty high. He's rushed his way through the minor leagues, throws 96, 97. Big B, same thing. He's a left. They put him in their machine for pitchers. Uh, Big B, same thing. He's a lefty. But I think Gavin Williams is the name to remember. And remember Cody Morse that came up last year. Uh, they used him in the bullpen at the end of last year. He has potential to be a big-time starter, uh, especially now that he kind of has got a, a cup of coffee last year and was able to pitch in the playoffs. They've got some – they've got – here, I'll put it this way. If I were the people that are listening to this interview, I would take a weekend and go down to Akron and watch the, the rubber ducks, mm-hmm. and I would definitely take a weekend and take the kids down to Columbus. Their rotation in Columbus may be better than the Pittsburgh Pirates and probably about six other wow. major league teams this year. Dre, when are you headed out for spring training? I leave in uh, 19 days, my friend, and I'll mm-hmm. be down there. We'll start our interviews, start preparing for everything. This will nice. be a weird spring training because of the world baseball classic Uh, i think we have got a lot of younger guys that probably are going to go i'll be there for the first couple of games i think our first game on television is the 24th february 24th Uh, i'll come home after those first couple games and i'll go back march 14th and the season basically starts um and we start tough man we start in seattle for four and then we open up with seattle and seattle at the end of the season was one of the best teams in baseball so it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. Hey, how about this? This is the last day of a month where we won't have baseball for eight months, Dre. Think about it, right? End of February, spring training starts. We go all the way through October, and maybe it's nine months if we get into November. So it's here, my friend. I hope so, my friend. I mean, my kids won't be crazy. Actually, my kids will be crazy about it. They enjoyed the playoffs last year. Other big story, big news uh, that you guys will talk about and we'll see is the new rule changes with the pitch Mm -hmm. clock, bigger bases. A lot of people feel like the game is going to move faster, more stolen bases, uh, more pitchers are going to be – hopefully speeds the game up. Games are sped up 28 minutes down to the minors with these rule changes. Uh, if we get that and get more action, it kind of fits the game that the Guardians played last year, so they could really take advantage of that. 
Yeah, no doubt, and no shifts this year either. That should help uh, Josh Bell and Oscar Gonzalez and a number of the guys on the roster as well. Hey, Dre, as always, thanks for the time. Great stories. Great job. Looking forward to watching.